This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The Glossing Detangler and Perfect Conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. What kind of tattoos did he have? And she's like, oh, he only had one. And it was, you know, and uh-huh. Yep. And I was like, oh my God. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real-life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. I am anonymous. I am 36. I live in a moderately big city in Oklahoma where the wind comes sweeping down the plains. (laughs) And what are you here to talk about today? Um, I just want to share my story um, of how I ended up in a a dominant submissive relationship with um, a married man. And for those who are less familiar, what exactly does that mean to be in a dominant submissive relationship? Um, Usually, I mean, there's different variations of it. Um, depending on like the level that people want to get into. But basically there's one person that's the more dominant person. It could be male or female. And then there's these sub um, submissive bottom, multiple different names that people can go by. Um, In my particular context, he was more um, like 
romantic with me, but as the story kind of unfolded, like he had several other submissives under his belt, so to speak, and his personality was much different with each one. Every relationship is very unique and kind of like almost business-like, like you know exactly like the do's and don'ts, what's allowed, what's not allowed. Um, you know, like the, they call them like a heart, you know, like a hard limit, soft limit type thing, like what your expectations are within the relationship. Um, some people, it beca- it is a romantic relationship too. Like, you know, they may get into it with like their life partner or um, their husband or their boyfriend and girlfriend or whichever like that. And then some people is purely just either sexual or whatever void it is that they're feeling within themselves with that type of a relationship. Yeah, very transactional it could be. Yes. Had you ever been in this type of relationship before? No. No, ma'am. Okay. <laughs> so I'm sure you were very <laughs> surprised to find yourself in it this time around. Yes, yes. Um so kind of like how I got involved with this guy, um just I feel like the background plays a big part of it. Um, I had been separated from my previous husband who I was with for 11 years. Um, That relationship was very toxic and unhealthy. We had two kids. It took a long time to finally be strong enough to leave that relationship. And so lots of therapy kind of preparing to leave that relationship and then leaving that relationship. Then a few months down the road, I'm like, oh, I'm all healthy and healed and I'm ready to date again. And it's totally <laughs> fine. Right. And I, I start as old as time. Yes. And, you know, and it was nice, like getting positive attention from other people that were interested and things like that. Because like, you know, it was like a lot of um, good things that I hadn't received in many years from, you know, my previous husband. Um, Arif, though, um, that's how I ended up in contact with, we will call him Matt. And um, we met through a dating app and it started out very innocently. Um, You know, he told me he was separated. Me being recently separated, having two kids, um, being, you know, I'm a nurse. He's a or was a former police officer in our community. So like there there was some common ground there that felt like we could connect on a little bit. Um, But then he entered my life and well... That's where the whole Lifetime movie started. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So what was it like when you first met versus like at what point did things start to shift? Like, okay. So when we first met, um, you know, I was very, because it's always nerve wracking to meet somebody online dating, like, especially the first time you meet them, like it's, you know, and I was a newbie from all angles. So, um, I knew he was good looking. I liked the way we talked. I was super nervous and he picked up on that very easily, very quickly. And, you know, he did, he just like, um, had this way of like come hithering and like slow seduction. And like, you know, the first time we met, it was just like very, um, sweet and like sweet interactions and like, you know, we connected and then things kind of, you know, as I would see him more things eventually got, physical and then he would kind of like push boundaries and was like oh like you know you kind of like being told what to do and things like that but he was very um with me it was almost like I was groomed in a sense like if you think of like a what a predator does with a um 
a victim, you know, like um, little like breadcrumbing and like, you know, seeing how far they can push you and making you feel so safe that, you know, you're like, oh yeah, this sounds great. And you're like, in your previous time, like you would never probably do some of those things. Um, yeah. Well, even like you said, him saying like, oh, you like this. Like, yeah, asking if you do, he's telling you what you like. Right. Yes. And I think um, in my situation, I was a lot more vulnerable than what I thought that I was, you know, seeking yeah. um, the type of relationship that I wanted and, you know, someone to be with that was going to treat me well and all that. So like when he's over on one side, treating me very well and you know, telling me all the things that I want to hear and how beautiful I am and all of this and all of that, it's very easy to like lower down, lower down your guard and let somebody in and, you know, kind of, you know, you, like you think of like the heart emoji eyes, like, you know, like you're just like yeah. all in it. And um, over time, it just very, well, not even really honestly over time, it seemed like a few weeks and it was like, I was already like hooked in that cycle. Yeah. Well, it also sounds like, I mean, he was, he was giving you things. He was saying things that of course you were so badly wanting to hear after this tumultuous marriage that you were in. So like, it was like, wow, this whole new world, there is somebody who's going to say exactly what I need to hear and treat me the way I deserve and compliment me and make me feel beautiful and special. And he was giving you all of that. So of course you're going to like be roped in. And he definitely did. He made me feel like I was like a goddess and like essentially like I was the most beautiful thing he'd ever seen. And I know that's so much. Um, so, of course, now um, I know, you know, I, I've done more therapy, more work on myself, my self-worth. Um, so like now things are much different. But then, you know, it was so easy to fall for all like the pretty shiny things, you know, that you're missing um, that you just want so badly, you know, in a partner. Um, it, but things, they were, they were kind of unusual. So, um, he worked odd hours, which is not necessarily unheard of for, you know, law enforcement, um, especially around our area. I had had plenty of jobs where I worked odd hours, you know, being a nurse. So to me, it was like, oh, okay, we just figure out time to make it work, you know? And, um, you know, every now and then, Like he would surprise me with like little flowers or just, you know, just little sweet things to where like it felt more like relationship vibes versus like essentially what it was, which was I was just his little plaything at the end of the day. But did you have any conversations about like what this was or what it could be or what you wanted or did you just like go with the flow and one day find out, oh, Um, it was kind of a little of both. Like he said that, you know, he wasn't looking for anything serious. Um, but he also was like, you know, I'm so, um, like, you know, demisexual, like, um, I have to have like a strong emotional connection with somebody before I can be intimate with them and all of that. And so of course, as it felt like we were becoming intimate conversationally, it felt like we were so connected and, um, you know, we would open up about our past and the things that we wanted. And it was like, you know, yeah, eventually this could lead to a future somewhere, you know, and there was never like a, no, this is only, you know, sexually related conversation. Um, it was always like maybes and what ifs and, you know, kind of down the road. So it, it, in a sense, it was very hopeful, that this is- I'm like tense for you because yeah. that is the 
that's like the worst situation oh. to be in. Yes. They're saying, they're saying one thing, like he said, I uh, like not looking for anything serious, like maybe down the road, but then he is acting as like, he is filling the role of boyfriend. He right. is all of these things, spending the time, like, like sending flowers, like treating you the way a boyfriend would. And right. especially talking about like, maybe there is a future for us. Like you start thinking what that means. And it makes no sense where you do fully start to believe like, okay, well, of course it's going to go in that direction. Like, otherwise, why would he be spending this time and saying these things and doing these things? But then it comes back to bite you. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. 
Ask for Claritin-D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Right. Yes, exactly. And, um, you know, and like as far as like the sexual aspect of the relationship, like, you know, that's like kind of like the meat and potatoes of it, honestly, because, um, you know, he kind of built up that like, oh, for me, you know, sex is such like an emotional, intellectual connection, like in order to be able to like, you know, do this and climax and whatever. So it was like, when we were sexual, like it was, it was like, um, I felt like I trusted him so well. And it was like, I had, I, I used to kind of compare it to like, like he could have, it got to the point where like he could have led me into like, I I would have followed him blindly into hell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, like I trusted him so much that like you just do, like you put so much trust in that person when, but in a real um, like dominant submissive relationship, really it's supposed to be like the submissive that has the, the power because you are allowing this other person to like kind of step in and take over and take over that role, whether it's more of like just an authority role, whether it's like a pleasure dom role, um, or really heavy into like, you know, the BDSM, like restraints and ropes and all of the things that can come out of it. Um, and so you do, you really build up that trust with somebody in order to allow yourself to just kind of give in and let somebody take you to, all of your limits that, you know, you don't think are possible. Did you feel though, as if you had the power? Yes. Only in, because, um, like we had like this little, like if I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention, you know, because like I got so used to kind of like seeing him all the time, this and that. So if we would go on a stretch where I felt like I wasn't getting enough attention, I knew what buttons to push to where he would show up at my apartment. And um, so then it became almost like a game. Like if he was busy or whichever, if because I, I was always very sweet with him. But if I started being um, bratty, as he called it, um, like he would kind of give me a couple of warnings, like, like you better watch that mouth or, you know, something like that. And I would just be like, or what? And then, you know, that night he would just magically show up at my apartment and, you know, shenanigans would take place and we'd have our time together. And it was like on the inside, I'm like, I got what I wanted, you know, mm-hmm. even if it's really what he wanted. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah. somehow it's really, it makes it seem like it's what you wanted. And yeah. he was like, he, um, I mean, I did like, I, at one point I thought I loved this man and, um, and he would tell me he loved me and, you know, and it was like, he was always, uh so gentle with me and it was just so different. Like, I mean, there were some aspects where, you know, like more of the BDSM parts would come into play, but he was so gentle with it that it was like, it felt very loving and from a place of good versus like some people's experience with him was not that at all. Mm -hmm. At what point did things either progress forward from there or take a step back? So this went on for probably about a year, um, kind of back and forth. We would have some times like where, you know, 
he would be too busy and couldn't see me or like, you know, communication would dwindle. And then of course I would internalize that kind of spin out and be like, you know, feel like I was abandoned in a sense. And then, um, you know, we, we would pick back off or whatever. So like there was an element almost of like that trauma bonding too, where it's like, you know, um, you become addicted to them. Like they are, you know, like they're the ones that cause you your pain, but they're also the ones that become the only thing that can make it better. And it was only thing in the world. Yes. And it, you know, that sick cycle of like, you know, you get like that huge, like dopamine rush and everything like, you know, like, oh, I feel better. And like, you're here and this is what I needed. And then they leave again and then you like plummet back down. But then when they come back, it's like, you know, it's the best high you've ever had. Right. And then you're like, oh, this must be love because I feel so good with you. And, you know, and you're just like, no, and I need you and you complete me. And (laughs) yes, what it's like to have a soulmate because I'm, I'm not full without you. Like I, right. And We also had that aspect of like, you know, did you eat today? Are you going to the gym? Are you, you know, whichever. And so it was like, oh, he cares about me. You know, he, he, he wants me to make sure I'm taking care of myself. So about a year. You also both had two kids, right? Yes. Turned out he actually had three. Um, Okay. So I knew about the older, uh, the older two. And then it came out that he had the third one with, um, turned out to be his current wife, whom I was under the impression that they had been separated. Um, But, and how I found that out was I had joined a local um, photographer's like Facebook boudoir photo um, page and was like um, scrolling through and they would, you know, she would post pictures of her work and sure shit enough one day I'm literally at work like on a break and I'm scrolling and I see a picture of him and his wife. And I was like, I like, I had so many emotions in that one moment of like, I was heartbroken. I was rageful. You know, I was like, Oh, like just like shocked too. And so, um, I, my best friend and, and I worked together at the time and like, I would always like keep her clued in on like what was going on, of course, you know? And so I immediately like called for her and I was like, you have to come to my office. So she came in and she looked and she was like, Oh my God. And it was like, I, and it was, he had never met any of my friends, um, which was a red flag looking back, but, um, I, you know, shown her picture. So like she knew his face and everything and he had a distinct, um, we'll call it a birthmark on his face that like you could not, you know, it mistake him for anybody else. Yeah. And so I immediately like messaged him and was just like, you know, like WTF, like you told me you were separated and da, 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 da. And he was like, I am. He was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, people that are going through a separation or a divorce, they do not go and take couples boudoir pictures. Like, no, they do that, not. They definitely don't. And they were hot pictures. Like, they were very like nicely done. You know, like where you could feel their chemistry. And so, and he was like, no. He was like, um, she pressured me into it. This was a long time ago. He was like, we just got the pictures back. And I was like, well, how long is a long time ago? Because this is like, we've been doing this now for like, I think it was probably about eight to 10 months ish during that time, you know? So almost a year. And he was like, Oh, it's from this, you know, the spring. And I was like, oh, okay. Cause that's when we first met, but 
you know, looking back, I'm like, don't be an idiot because, you know, people, it doesn't take eight months to get back local photography pictures. But in that moment, um, especially because I trusted him so much, like, I know I was an idiot for trusting him. But in that moment, that's where I was at. And so, um, and then, of course, it was like, you know, let me come talk to you. Let's talk about this in person. And then, of course, you know, they walk in and you you make eye contact and you just like melt all over again. And you're like, OK, none of it matters. Um, Did you then, ever find out when it was from like, was it actually from that time? Ago, this, yeah, that time. No, it was it was current. It was current. Um, and and how I figured that out was because, you know, we all get a little Facebook stocky or whatever. And so like she, you know, and she like the wife had commented on the pictures like, oh, my God, like, thank you so much. And and so like, I, therefore, I was like, OK, I've got her name now. Right. So like it was like, do I reach out to her? Do I don't reach out to her? You know, but during that time, I was still like in that hopeful little dumb bubble that, you know, believed him. And so we continued on for a while and then, but I still didn't fully trust him, but like, you know, we just had such amazing chemistry that it was like, you know, again, like he'd walk through the door and I would try, I would be like, I don't think I can trust you. So like, I just need to like not see you and I need to work on myself and I need to do this. And then you know, we'd go a few weeks without speaking and then he would message me and it was like, I had no defense, you know, or he would just show up. That was the thing is he would just show up and I could never tell him no, you know, and if I tried to tell him no through messages or on the phone, like he would show up because he knew that I couldn't tell him no, like in person. So, um, eventually, um, I did contact the wife because, by this point, it was a little over a year at this point, And I was just frustrated. And I thought, you know what, like, if I was her, I would want to know that my husband is doing this. Because like, it just, things just started like, not adding up. I started putting more pressure on him to like, you know, figure out a time when he wouldn't have his kids, I wouldn't have my kids. And like, let's go on a day date. Let's go out in the world. Let's go out and be, you know, whichever, because it was always like, oh, I'm picking up shifts. So I can't, you know, take you to dinner or whatever. And so I started putting more pressure on things like that to be like out in the open and like, why are we connected on social media? Like that just doesn't make sense. And, Oh, I don't have Facebook. Okay. Well, um, so anyways, I, I eventually tracked down his wife on Facebook and I just sent her a very heartfelt message and was just like, you know, are you married to so-and-so? And I said, if you are, I would, um, really love to have a conversation with you. And I sent her my phone number. And so she called me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And she was like, hey, this is so-and-so. And And I was like, hey. I was like, I don't know how to tell you this without, like, just coming out and saying this. I was like, but, um, like, I've been sleeping with your husband. And I just wanted you to know that, first of all, like, I'm so terribly sorry. um, Because I didn't know until I knew. And then it was like, you know, we're, you know, it's not, it's not what you think it is. It's this and that. And of course, like she was quiet and she was just like kind of processing, I think too. Um, and then, and she, but she asked me, she was like, well, what, how, you know, how, do, how, do, how did this even happen? And so I just told her, it's like, we met on a dating app at this time. I was like, we started connecting and 
Um, I didn't know you existed really until I saw the boudoir pictures. And because um, he, from my understanding, you guys had, were separated and you were going through legal proceedings to divorce and co-parenting stuff. I was like, and that is my situation. And so I didn't have any reason at the time to question. question. Yeah. yeah. And so then um, she, she asked me, she was like, what tattoo does he have on his back? So I told her. And she was like, okay, I think she needed that to like prove that like, yeah. I wasn't just like a crazy girl, you know? Um, but while we were on the phone, it was, it was a very quick, like five minute conversation. And he came up to her, I could hear him like, and oh he was God. like, Hey babe. And he's like, who are you talking to? And she was like, I have to go. And she hung up and oh I was like, <gasps> you know, because I was like, Oh my God, they're together right now. Like, you know, and, um, then um, he, like, I think it was later that day, he messaged me and he was like, what the F did you do? And I was like, you deserve it. Like, she deserves to know that she is with a piece of crap who's, you know, and of course, like, I wanted her to know because in my relationship with my husband, like, that was part of our issue too was he had cheated on me and he actually had produced a whole other child with somebody while we were together. So it was like, one, I never wanted to be the person to cause that for somebody else, you know? And so then being that person, like I felt so terrible. Um, but also like, you know, I think a lot, looking back now, it, a lot of it too was also like, I wanted revenge cause like he had hurt me, like finding out all of this. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? 
maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Well, his his message to you, what did you do? No, he did this. Yes, yes. He but, did this. Yes, and... But there was a part of me, I think, that just wanted to, like, hurt him back, you know? And it was, like, really? and um, so, like, we immediately quit talking. Um, and then that, as crazy as it sounds, like, even though, like, I instigated the conversation with the wife, I let her know. I, I mean, because, I mean, I could have continued on and he probably could have kept me on the hook, you know, for even longer. Um, but we quit communication. And even though it was the best thing, like a part of me felt like, like it died. Like, you know what I mean? Cause it was like all of a sudden I didn't have this person anymore. And that person meant so much to me and, you know, both like sexually, but also like, I, I truly believe that at this time, like I did love him, you know, in a sense. Um, absolutely. So it was, it was, it was like going through a breakup, but like going through a breakup, all alone in silence because nobody knows about it. You know what I mean? Like my best that, friend knew about it. And it was it was shortly after your divorce. So yes. it was in a time period where you're, you're trying to find yourself and in a way yes. you found yourself in him. Yes. And um, my mom had also passed away during that time. So it was like just like lots of big life you know, circumstances like after another. And so he was kind of like what I clung to, you know, for stability and whichever. So, um, kind of fast forward a little while after that. Um, I, you know, was still doing therapy was decided like screw him. Like I, you know, I'm moving on with my life and just kind of started focusing on myself and my career and my kids. And I would go out on dates every now and then, but like, even if I met somebody great, like they didn't give me that, like that spark, you know, that I was looking for because that's what I had with Matt and they didn't, nobody made me felt the way he made me felt. And so it was like, Oh, none of these people are worth it. Right. And so you're just like, you know, because, you know, healthy relationships aren't fun. Right. That now, now I'm very well, um, into a healthy relationship and it feels completely different and I could never go back to anything different, but you know, you don't know what you don't know, you know? And, um, so there was an app that was popular for a while. It was called whisper and you could like post anonymous things. And, you know, a lot of people would like post, you know, obviously looking for like hookups or whatever too. Um, but there was like a cop thread that was on, that was going on. And so I posted one and it would just, it was like cop lights in the background, but it just said like, I hate how much I miss him. That's what it was. 
and then somebody like commented on it and then like I didn't I'd only been ever on that thing I think that was like the second time I'd ever been on there but like I just wanted to like put what I felt out in the world you know and somebody had commented on it a couple other people and then this girl commented on it and she was like um let me guess was it a cop I've been through the same thing and I was like, hmm. And then, then we just kind of started going back and forth. And, you know, and it felt nice to share my story with a stranger, you know, like yeah. someone because, who gets it. Someone, yeah, who got it. And like we hit it off really instantly. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, this is my story. And then she told me her story. And then I was like, oh, that's so funny. Like, cause he would do the same thing, only he would do blah, 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 you know. And it was nice because like we didn't know anything about each other that, you know, like you don't. And so it was like, you could just kind of like confess all your feelings without any judgment. And, you know, and it felt good to just like be open and be like, you know, even though he's a terrible person, like I miss him so much. And we started chatting and then, um, she was like, was his name this? And I was like, no, his name was this. And she was like, Oh, okay. She was like, cause it almost sounds like it could be the exact same person. And I'm like, girl, you're crazy. Oh like God. there's no way. And then, but we hit it off so well. She was like, Hey, like, can we just like exchange phone numbers? Like, I feel like we could actually be real life friends. And so we did. And so like, I talked to her a couple times on the phone and then, um, we started talking and something, I don't know what popped in my head, but I just was like, and she told me about how she met him and she had met him um, because she did like a ride along for, this is of course pre-COVID time. So um, the police department would still do like citizen ride alongs. And um, she was, I don't remember, I don't think she was his ride along, but like they had met in passing because she was doing a ride along. And, um, she had done a couple of them cause she was like thinking about getting into that career field herself. And so she was kind of like checking it out and, you know, it's exciting to like go out on these adrenaline rushing calls. Right. And so, um, they had, you know, met actually at the police station had exchanged numbers, which was like a big no, no, you know? So then it was like forbidden and fun because, you know, she's talking to a cop that she's not supposed to be talking to. Right. And so, um, so something came over me and I was just like, did your guy have any tattoos? And she was oh my like, God. yeah. And I was oh like, my God. oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. What, what kind of tattoos did he have? And she's like, oh, he only had one. And it was, you know, it was a, um, local colleges, like mascot or emblem or whatever you want to call it. And the tattoo on his back. Uh-huh. Yep. And I was like, oh my God, like it was definitely, it, I mean, it just, it was. And, um, and she would like, she had also went through similar things with him and like did the whole yo-yo and like the trauma bonding and stuff like that. And, uh, but she like was smart and kept like screenshots of their conversation and, you know, all of the different things that he would say or whatever. And, um, you know, and she was like, is this his Snapchat that, that you would talk to him on? And I would be like, no, I talked to him on this one. And so like he had multiple phones, multiple snap, or at least multiple phone numbers, multiple like Snapchat accounts, social media accounts or whatever. So it was like, you know, he had like, you know, people talk like you got your bro phone and you got your hoe phone. Like, you know, he definitely was like covering all of his tracks. And 
it was just so funny because um, we would compare like how he was with her compared to like the dynamics between he and I, and they were so different, like still very much like where he was, you know, the dominant one, but he did the same thing with her, kind of coaxed her into being submissive and stuff. Only he was not very kind to her. He was more um, forceful with her and uh, punitive with her and, you know, um, forced her to do some things that like, Nobody should ever be forced to do. But again, she was so in love with him that she would have done anything for him. And then That's really interesting that it was so different. It is. It can be such like a psychological ish yeah. you know, thing. And um, really like and so like I started like nose diving into like the different dynamics of like dem- or I keep wanting to say domestic um, dominant and submissive relationships and like really, cause like, you know, before this, I had thought it was only, you know, like whips and chains and, you know, the crazy BDSM stuff that you hear about, but it, there's so many different levels. And then 50 shades of gray had also came out too. Right. So it was super popular and, you know, it was, everybody thinks like, Oh, red room, but it's not always that, that way. And so it's just, and, and she, like, she almost kind of like resented me because I kind of got like the soft romantic side of him or at least what he was capable of being. And then she would get like when he was in a bad mood and wanted to hurt somebody or punish somebody and, you know, like he, he would get that for, with her. And then, um, let's see. So Matt and I had stopped completely by this point. Um, but I think her and I connecting and forming a friendship that was still revolved around him kind of like brought him back to like the forefront of my brain. And then it's almost like one of those things where it's like, people, you know, when people kind of like come out of the woodworkers, all of a sudden he pops up in my life and he actually had messaged me on LinkedIn and cause he was blocked everywhere else, you know? And, um, we had started conversating then and it was basic, you know, Hey, what's up? How are you? You know? And I was like, what's your angle here? Like what, you know, right, just like, what are we doing here? Right. And, um, I, this time I was like, I'm getting on, you know, the court record system and I'm seeing like, have you actually filed for divorce and all of these things that they had. And, um, and so it looked like it was like legitimate, you know? So at least like he was, kind of telling me the truth, but at the same time, like, how do you ever fully trust somebody, you know, once they've, you know, basically lied to you for forever, you know, yeah. and you find that out. But, and also you know, after hearing about how he was with her. With her. And so um, the other girl um, had made other friends that had worked at the police station and his ex-wife had actually also worked at the police station and had just transferred to a different, um, like city, um, to be a dispatcher. And so they knew a lot of the same people. And so it was like, you know, she kind of had an idea of who the wife was without actually knowing her, but knowing things from other people that would say like, oh yeah, she's so great. Oh yeah. This is her desk over here. So it was kind of like, strange you know in a sense like once she realized too that like it was all a lie and like whatever and then she puts the two and two together like oh that's this person's husband like 
I don't know her, but like we know mutual people. And, um, and it kind of like sparked something within her too. And so like she ended up reaching out to her and they had a conversation and I don't know all the details of that conversation, but I guess in that conversation, um, the wife had found out that there were multiple other women, all similar relationships, you know, with different levels of the dominant submissive stuff going on. And, um, they wanted to try to use that in court, um, during the court proceedings cause she was trying to get full custody and it never went that way. Um, they did ask if I would share my story, but at the time I felt like, you know, how he is like with relationships, like adult relationships and like sexually, like, I don't feel like anybody should be able to use, unless it's like, you know, like you're trying to murder somebody or like, you know, predatory, like, you know, sexual abuse, that kind of thing. Like, I don't think that just because somebody wants to use rope on somebody sexually means that they're not a decent human to be a a parent, you know, like you can't kink shame people essentially. And so, and I think I was also just at a point like where I just like wanted to be done with all of it because it was so emotionally draining. Um, just the whole thing, but it also was so exciting and, you know, adrenaline rushing. And when he would pop back up in my life, like it felt like, you know, magic all over again. And, um, eventually they finally did like legitimately divorce, you know, got their, um, custody situation. Um, I ended up moving into a house and, um, about a year after I was here, lo and behold, who starts like popping back up again. And I'm like, Oh Oh, God, we can't do this a third time, (laughs) you know? And so I, against my better judgment, I did agree to see him because, you know, he was like, I just think, you know, things are so different now. And I would just like to talk to you. We always had such a good conversation connection and I just want to talk and clear the air. And so it was kind of like, okay. So he came and we talked and he like confessed all his dirty deeds. And I got to tell him, you know, how much he hurt me. And, um, you know, that like you essentially, not only did you abuse your position as a law enforcement officer and, um, in that way, but like you abused your position as like a man in, you know, faking a relationship with somebody and using that to your advantage in the trust issues that that caused too. Um, there actually was a local story where another police officer that he actually was like in the same like cadet class with and was like his friend or whatever, um, was charged with rape for raping a, a citizen, um, like, I guess like he went to arrest her, she was intoxicated or under the influence in some fashion. And, and of course, like his side was, you know, it was consensual. Her side was, it definitely was not, but he ended up being sentenced to prison for it. Um, and so then this girl and I was like, oh my God, because she knew that person because she had been around him at the actual police station. And she was like, they, they were like best friends. Um, and so then it was like, oh my gosh, do you think that Matt did the same thing with people? And he was released from the police department. Um, 
during one of the times that, that not the time he came and we kind of like had our clear the air conversation with the lap, the middle time that I was seeing him um, as he was actually going through his divorce and he was like, you know, trying to shoot his shot. Um, he had told me like he was on desk duty and I was like, why are you on desk duty? And he was like, Oh, it's because I, you know, shot somebody in the line of duty and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, like, I'm really sorry. Like, I hope you're going to counseling and things like that. Cause I'm sure that that was really difficult for you. And, um, it turned out that it was actually because, um, there was some allegations made against him from other female citizens. Other women. Wow. Yes. I guess the claims um, were found to be unsubstantiated. So like there wasn't enough for them to progress with any type of like charges on him, but it was enough for them to say like, we can either fire you or you can resign and then, you know, try your shot at a local, at another police department. But, um, and I don't know how it is like in other areas, but that pretty much ended his career. He completely had a whole different um, change in careers because no other surrounding areas would hire him because he resigned. And so I think like, it's probably almost like code, like, like he messed up bad enough that, you know, that was his choice. Yeah. Yeah. So does it make you feel good that he lost his job? You know, um, in a sense, yes, because it's one less slimy person out there to abuse their power, you know, and, you know, and like, of course, like there's, you know, in any, whether it's the medical field, law enforcement, attorneys, teachers, there's good apples and bad apples, you know, and I know the police have had a really rough few years of, you know, having a bad rap and abusing their power, but like, it's people like that, that cause things like that you know, and it's not out of nowhere. Right. And, you know, and these are people that are put in positions that you're supposed to be able to trust them. And like, if you go to a county fair and, you know, they have a booth set up, like you just automatically assume like that they're these great law abiding, wonderful people. Right. And I mean, us nurses have the same type of reputation and, you, you know, and it's just like, yeah, like it was, it was kind of validating in a sense that it eventually all came around for a circle, but also that um, he couldn't continue down that path. Is there anything that if you could go back in time to, I guess when you first met him and then when you first figured out that he was actually still married, Yeah, is um, there anything you would tell yourself or do differently? Yes. Like looking back now, one is, you know, if you've been through any type of traumatic relationship in your life, like how important it is to really do the work and do the healing process and therapy. And even though I thought I had done it, I I didn't, I, I wasn't at the point really to where, um, when the little red flags would go off that I could be like, Hmm, this isn't right. You know what I mean? Like, and, and, and make sure to like, I, like when you are dating that you have a really good sense of self-worth because when you don't, it is so easy to let other people run you over and, you know, and you just aren't able to be treated the way that you should be treated essentially, you know, and also, you know, yes. Like if somebody says that they're divorced and all that, 
girl, get online and check them public records. And, you yeah, know, so like, true. yeah, it's and, out and, there. And, you know, and if people, you know, some people, sure, they don't have any type of social media and maybe you don't exchange that right in the beginning, but like, it should be a conversation. And, you know, I don't know, just find out, do a little research before you give your heart away to somebody because you just never, never know. I want to add one more that I think you'll agree with, but if a relationship has to be kept a secret yes. for any reason, yes. run. Yes. Run. And 1000%. And I think in the beginning, like, it's like, oh, it's not a secret. He just doesn't have so- social media or, oh, I only see him, you know, at this time because that's when it's convenient for his work schedule because he works weird hours and weird shifts and things like that. And you know, it's just, yes, if it's in also like, if you have those highs and lows like that, like that's such a toxic, you know, part of a relationship. And like, if you're going through that, yes, it's normal to have bad times and good times. It's, it's normal to have mood changes and, you know, things like that. But if like, you're having more bad times than good, or like the highs are super high and the lows are super low, like you got to look at that and be like, okay, this, this is not okay. It shouldn't be that hard. Right. Yes. Yes, absolutely. You may have just answered this, but my favorite question to ask, what is the best piece of dating or relationship advice you've ever received? Follow your gut. Like follow your gut. Like when, when something's too good to be true or something doesn't seem right, listen to that because it's, there for a reason, you know, that's like our internal survival instinct. And, you know, like whether, I mean, you just, you got to follow your gut. Yeah. It's also so interesting how uncomfortable it feels to go against your gut or to try and like convince yourself like, okay, like I have this gut feeling, but like for these other reasons, like maybe I don't need to follow it. I don't need to listen to like what it's telling me. It feels so uncomfortable and like you're fighting with yourself for a reason. Because it's a wake-up call of like, no, like, trust your instincts. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Is there anything I did not ask you about that you were hoping to share? Um, Not that I can think about right now. Well, thank you so much for being here. And I'm so sorry for everything that you had to go through. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm, I'm so glad there were some, you know, positive moments and you know, a a wonderful friendship that came out of it and you've learned and and grown so much. And and so I I love that for you. Um, You know, the girl that I ended up becoming friends with. So this, I mean, this was all pre COVID days. So here we are three years past COVID, like we're still friends and we still kind of, you know, I wouldn't say we're like super great friends, but we keep in touch and, you know, just check in on each other and all that, you know, and, um, or if something, you know, you see something that reminds you of, you know, thou who shall not be named, um, (laughs) you know, (laughs) um, it's it's nice to know you're not alone. Yes. Yes. And then we have, we've kind of joked about like, we could probably like have like a survival group and like then, and also talked about like, if that really happened, like who else is there? Like who else that would probably have stories far worse than like the things that either of us had been through, you know? Yeah. It's crazy to think about. It is. 
But, well, thank you again so much. And to everyone who's listening, please, please, please send this episode to a friend who would learn something from it, who would benefit from hearing it, which is literally everyone. So send this to your yes. friends, send it to the group chat, spread it around. And, and again, thank you, Anonymous, so much for being here. And thank you for having me. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish bloated queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!